0: All right, welcome
1: to a very, very special episode of Inappropriate Earl. Today, or tonight, this is Sunday night, 9 p.m., late night podcast. I got two of my good buds, two soldiers in the comedy world, two comrades in the jungles of L.A. comedy. We've been through the wars together, and we'll quit together, too, probably. Uh, (laughs) We got the great... Comic Cole, Cole Young in the house.
0: Oh, thank you, Earl. That's nice of you. Good and to be here. And
1: a guy who goes by many names online. <laughs> Dickhead on the old uh, Chuckle Monkey boards. Um, I think he was a few other uh, names on various comedy bulletin boards, always raising a stink. Uh, undercover in the darkness of the comedy underbelly on the internet mr chris ramirez
2: hey what's going on
1: yeah yeah good to see you guys yes, man. man
2: it's good to be here you know what very good uh, uh, cole was just talking about how he'd never been here before and then i remember one of the first times that uh i came here uh we were, we were there was a place called revolver i think and we were doing comedy over there remember that there's a gay bar over there called revolver and, oh yeah and uh and, and Dixon Matthews was with us, and he and he said, hey, I need to go back to your house and use the restroom. And he came back, and he took a big, mean shit. <laughs> no class, <Yeah>. as usual. <laughs> and they're like, I can't believe it. Because this is when he was really big and heavy. Man. You know, he yeah, was, you I mean, know. he
1: was up in that third <laughs> toilet room sweating. <laughs> I mean, just look like he had, fuck, he looked like the uh, ultimate warrior at his Hall of Fame speech, just
0: <laughs> oh, no. looked like
1: he had jaundice or something, and I open up the, you know, I'm doing whatever I got to do down here, you know, and I go up there, and just, it stunk so bad, man, just, you know, just, big dicks. yeah, big dicks, who, uh, you know, right. we don't really, you know, that's the bummer about comedy, it's like, you start doing uh, other rooms and circuits, you don't run into uh, your boys, right. and.
2: Hey, listen, because speaking of that, we, we've been meaning to ask you, have you seen Eddie Jarvis?
1: Fast Eddie Jarvis, another guy. For those of you listening in podcast lane, we're going to mention a lot of names you probably have never heard of, and that's fine. Uh, Eddie Jarvis, uh, funny comic. I think he was on Roids at one point. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, he got pretty big there he for did. a while. Oh, yeah, he, he got big real, up. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, Vulcan. like, I'm a big guy. But uh I wasn't Jarvis style, so he may have been on the G A. And it
2: happened really fast yeah. too. It was just like one minute he was just kinda of, well he was kinda of almost thin. And then the next thing you know, it was just like, like yeah, Eddie's, uh, of the uh, universe or Yeah, like that.
1: Dolph Lundgren uh <laughs> Or uh, Barry DeMay, the flexing Dutchman, for you, a uh, late '80s bodybuilding freakers. Because I got I I don't know who. Lo- now you guys have a great podcast called Goodnight Universe, right? Oh, thank you. And it's really fun. And you guys can call, make you know, you can call into your show and. Right. And-
0: uh yeah you she know, do thank you for doing that you by have the great way. guests I you've mean, been on the show i've been on the show the lovely uh you gail
1: gramlich
0: gail's been yeah. there she
2: did a really good show man yeah she well, she's did you know she's on top of it you know what she she's did a really fun. good show because she's really honest and she she yeah. laid into some stories about how she had been conned into things and stuff like she told us she went to some beauty uh it was a it was a cruise, and they were gonna you know select people to be models or something like that. She went on that, and uh,
1: sounds like a gig I warned her about. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's really smart, and uh, you know we're back. Uh, you know, I, I mean a lot of people are concerned about uh, bringing uh, her name up around me, and uh, you know uh, yeah there have been some nights where I thought OJ had a point. <laughs> <laughs> But we're back and we're back in the fold and uh, oh, talk, are, are you, talking. We're talking. Okay, okay. Not about getting back together. I just mean we're yeah, we're I civil. Think, yeah,
2: because yeah. I know you guys are doing shows together and stuff like that. And so I mean, uh, and and so that's great that you guys can still you know get along and stuff. So that's really that's really cool. Well, because yeah. you know
1: I've seen a few relationships in the uh, comedy world. Once the the people break up, it's like you fucking cunt. And,
0: oh
2: yeah.
1: You know I mean. Uh, yeah,
0: I mean like we had a guest on the other night who had a had a story about that where he was dating another comic and chris and neff <laughs> no uh <laughs> he was dating uh it was steve zerbowski i don't know he was going out with somebody and uh, I guess Zerballos. 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 Yeah. when i say zerbowski yeah
1: <laughs> the big lebowski, <laughs> <It was Nate laughs> lebowski.
0: yeah Zerbalis. right uh, Um, and i guess they broke up and then uh, the other person i guess went on facebook and was a little bit mean.
2: No, no. What happened was, it was a crazy story. She, uh, he, he. They broke up, but they were still kind of friends. And then she, she tagged herself in this picture with Ooh, him. That's what it was. And then yeah. he was, he had already started seeing this other girl. So he tells the first girl, "Hey, do you mind if you don't tag me in that picture?" And she's like, "What? So you're embarrassed? That you know we were together? <laughs> just a big guilt trip like that." And then meanwhile, the other girl's like, "Who the fuck is that girl?" You oh, know, yeah. <laughs> just get it from both ends and stuff. The both ends. Yeah. So no comedy, I wouldn't want to date another comedian because they'd be like, oh, this guy's something bad, and he's just you know this little dick, and like you know just like that, you know, like that's that's what I would expect.
1: Well, luckily for me, I got a pretty big dick, so <laughs> uh, I think I've been favorably reviewed. By, yeah. Uh, yeah.
2: Exactly. In comedy, everybody knows that, you know, in, at least in Southern California. You well, know, that
1: and uh, the cell phone pic I showed everybody. <laughs> because <laughs> i had a friend of mine uh jeff richards who uh i think you guys might know him uh, yeah yeah th- yeah yeah it's on saturday night live mad tv only comic t- to be on both uh right. and uh he um uh, you know i, I don't think uh, gail will mind me saying this but uh he uh sends me a a text when i saying hey what, what did gail's pussy look like and i'm like that's kind of rude like <laughs> I would never text you that about your <laughs> your woman or you, you know whoever you're boning at Whole Foods. <laughs> so I took a dick pic. And I started, <laughs> said about like this, and then he showed it to the manager of the Improv, and I started getting spots at the Improv all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> and then it made the, these two girls put it on Instagram. And then uh, you know, so did you get
2: tagged in the picture?
1: Oh yeah, you know they know what time it is. So, <laughs> but yeah, it's tough. Uh, you know, I've seen a lot of relationships. Where and now,
0: was it just out or was it doing? Oh, one it was out and wasn't, about. Wasn't doing like one of it like the bat. I swing. was about forty percent. Uh, <laughs> <40%. laughs>
2: but you weren't doing any tricks like the yeah, wristwatch. Like wrist or the or the
0: no, no, swing. this was called the Apple.
1: Leaning Tower of Pizza. Ah, uh. <laughs> it was leaning hard man the
2: nice. the stories the stories of you are all they're like legendary and and they, when you talk to people they go hey did you ever see her pull out his dick and people go, oh my god one time i, you know, I looked yeah. over there and i think was it who was it was it I think tracy silver she thinks she told us sometimes she goes i just looked over and i was like whoa what's that
1: pretty good for a white guy <laughs> I mean, you know, Tracy's seen those big black hogs.
2: I always, I always tell, I always tell people that, uh, that that when I, when I, when I met you, that uh, one time we were, we we just started. I think it was the first night we did comedy at Michael's Pub, and uh, it's this place over there in North Hollywood. And so we we're like hanging out afterwards, and we we're just talking at the pool table. And these two old ladies, man, they gotta be like fifty-five, sixty years old, drunk ladies. They're hanging out there, and and they're like man, you know, what you guys do is so amazing. You guys have so much courage. I don't know. I don't know how you guys do that. And then you just go. Watch this, and you pulled your dick out of your pants, and it was just sticking out. And then, and then you go, "Oh, you're so sweet. And You're just hugging that lady. <laughs> She's giving you a hug. Yeah. And then the other lady's giving you a hug, and they had no idea you had your dick out. And you were just hugging it like that. It was so funny, man. Those dumb twats. <laughs>
1: I mean, who goes to get? Who goes to Michael's uh. Pub in North Hollywood, which like is the, you know, modern day version of the Cantina in Star Wars. Oh yeah. You know, every unsavory character in the valley goes there. If you get shit-faced there, you deserve to get my dick rubbed against you. Well,
2: what... <laughs> what? What what what's the scariest places that you've done comedy at? Where Michael's you, Pub. So, is that the scariest one of all? Um, uh, let me the see. Steel Pit. What about that? The steel I, Pit I was. I don't think the Steel Pit was that scary. I
1: mean, it was just kind of like the last time I was there. Now the Steel Pit is a Pittsburgh Steelers bar in Tahunga. Yeah. Right, closed. By the
2: way, you'll be happy about. Really? That. really? Yeah. yeah.
1: Good. It I mean, fuck that place. I mean, <laughs> I was there and these two guys in the back, I and mean, you suck.
0: Yeah, one guy mostly. One well, it's probably.
1: They probably were in agreement. I would say <laughs> uh, but then uh, you know I think I gave that, that drunk slob
2: the lady you gave there's a lady with huge tits huge and drunk.
1: cans and she's like can you give me a ride and I thought oh you're drunk I'll give you a ride home uh, and then I'm like well, where do you want to go she's like oh Hank's bar down the street right I mean out. she's like going from bar to bar yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like you need alcohol like you know Hulk Hogan needs a tan <laughs> <laughs> you know so I took her there and, uh, you just you dropped know. her off I she, just she, dropped she didn't her off she did you hey she, she asked me for my number and like she wanted to cook me food and and then she asked me where I lived and I'm like uh, I'm good I'm good we'll just yeah. I'll see you on the flip side you should have yeah. given her Cole's address you should have given Cole's
2: address with a big old pot of you know, Pot p- brownies.
1: You. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Beans. <laughs> Rice and beans. Oh,
2: you remember man. her cold? I do
0: remember. I don't remember her very specifically. She's the older drunk, lay.
2: Not
1: yeah. horrible looking, but, you know, definitely a bar lizard. Yeah, I mean, yeah.
2: Prime was probably 20 years ago. No, Tahanga
0: like is. I, when I first moved up there, I was amazed. You
2: That's see a lot right. of women in, in, in Los Angeles where they're Prime. You can tell that. 20 years ago man they were probably like turning heads and they were never ever a- never able to parlay that into anything better now they're just these drunk chicks that still have the attitude you know but not not the same looks and everything we well, could still see that at
1: the rainbow on set oh yeah nights, <laughs> yes. you know where you could literally see like you know Axl rose to your left and then an Axl rose impersonator to your right <laughs> And then a girl who looks like Axl Rose <laughs> in the at your table probably.
2: By the way, thank you. That was a great recommendation. A place to eat on Sunset. They really do have good food over there. The but, Rainbow. Yes. Oh, yeah. Rainbow
1: is uh, if you're ever in L. A. or you live here and you haven't gone there because you're like, well, it's the 80s. It's an 80s bar. You know, right. it's probably. You know, first of all, I think it's owned by the mob, and that's no joke. Really? If you, if you ever, uh, there's never fights there. No one gets into the fights there because you just know. It's not the place to mouth off to. I mean, look at the guy who seats you. He looks like Ray Liotta in Goodfellas. Right, spells. right. Yeah, yeah. And, the, and the, um, I used to go there a lot, but uh, they fired all the waitresses I liked. So uh, Oh, you man. Know, and, and there's a great bartender in the middle bar who looks like Elvira. Uh she's nice. probably still there. And Lemmy from Motorhead Yeah, they got a lot of stuff for him over there, like on the wall and everything. Well he's like the uh Archie Bunker of that place. He just plays his uh, video game video poker in the outside bar. If you ever want to meet him, you just go up to him and you know, he's not the most approachable guy, but he'll say hello to you and shake your hand and basically tell you to beat
2: it. Do you do you do you ever tell have you ever told your audience the story of the first time you met Motorhead? Uh, first of all. <laughs> When the, the guy kicked you? Oh, well, that wasn't really well, the, oh, first that was the first time. time. I mean, oh. I had
1: known them. Uh, you know, my ex-ex-girlfriend, uh, the great uh, Shelly B. I don't think she likes her last name being used on these type of shows. Uh, she uh, still to this day, I think, uh, co-manages Motorhead. Right. With the great uh, Todd Singerman, Singerman Entertainment. They were at Coachella. Yeah. I know. I wanted to go just to see how that would... Uh, go over. I mean, that is, Motorhead is not a typical Coachella band. Yeah, I know.
2: Right. I, 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 want, I I I sent Shelley a message and I said, hey, uh, is there any way, and I asked her about a month ago, and she said, oh, I'm not sure, I, I, we'll see, or whatever like that, and I said, well, this sounds like maybe she, it might be too much of a hassle, so I said, oh, I'll just forget it, you know, but uh, yeah, I, I'd be curious to see how they went out there, but anyway, so, you had already met them before, but you were just meeting them again, or something but like that? But I
1: mean, or? Motorhead's kind of a hipster, like, they're like almost uh, anti- uh like they're like the complete opposite of kiss right exactly so i would think that coachella fans might not you know they might take a liking to them that would be great uh it'd be who's, good for them who's you know.
0: headlining coachella this year who's um
1: there? i think uh, the vinnie vincent invasion and uh no i'm just kidding i, I just
2: it. saw a story uh, about vinnie vincent and yahoo the other day yeah and they were t- they were talking about him and uh he lives in tennessee and that uh, he doesn't answer any mail. And he's crazy. He just They say he's like a total recluse and everything. And then they were talking about how when he was in Kiss that he wanted to play these long, crazy guitar solos and everything like that. And Gene and Paul get really mad. And they would say, like, this isn't really what this band is about. And that's kind of... But they said he was really good.
1: Well, I mean, that's the version that Gene and Paul have uh, splurted out. You know, he basically... Uh rescue their careers yeah that,
2: that's kind of what the article said too yeah um, i mean if
1: you if you think back for those of us old enough to be in the, i think all three of us are in uh you know we probably remember the early 80s i mean kiss was on death's door in oh, america
2: yeah. oh yeah you know
1: because they they hit it big with the disco album uh
2: i was made for the dynasty little, yeah
1: Desmond Child wrote that. A lot of rumors about Desmond Child and Paul Stanley being like a little more than co-writers. No way. I mean, you know, I mean, Desmond Child's very open about his uh, homosexuality. Oh, I
2: didn't know that.
1: And if you ever, uh, if you want one of the best box sets ever, please get the Desmond Child box set, because not only did this guy write a lot of Kisses, 80s hits, all of Bon Jovi's hits, Joan Jett, all of Aerosmith's hits, oh wow, Ricky Martin, he wrote all of Ricky Martin's hits. Does
2: he live in Malibu?
1: No, I think he lives in uh, Nashville, where Vinnie Vinson is.
2: uh, Ah. (laughs) They should get together. Oh, Interesting. Cause so we were, we were talking about how the, the guys that write the songs are the ones that, that make all the money and stuff.
1: Well, I think that was Vinny's issue. Like, he uh, wrote a few songs on Creatures of the Night, and that album kind of, not flopped, but it didn't do that great. And then they take off the makeup, and he wrote, he basically wrote, I think, nine out of the ten songs on like it, 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 it Up. It was yeah. really a Vinny Vincent album. Right. And he was getting paid like $500 a week.
2: Oh, I didn't. Oh, that's <laughs> typical Kiss, man. That doesn't surprise me.
1: So then he was like, well, I'm not going to sign the contract. that just makes me an indentured servant to you guys. I want to be a full member. And they were like, uh, no, this is Kiss. You know, this is our band. Nice. So that's. But they kept bringing him back. Uh, like he got kicked out of Kiss like three different times. And then he, you know, forms the Vinnie Vincent Invasion. right. And then he gets kicked out of the Vinnie Vincent invasion, <laughs> which is fucking incra- insane. I mean, I've never heard of that.
2: Kicked out of the old, your own band, and then he
1: just kind of, you know, flustered around for. You know, I bought his box set, which was on cassette, which should have been a,
0: oh man, should
1: have been a clue that maybe this isn't above board. And he sent it in this pink guitar case. There was no fucking cassettes in the thing. It was an empty box. <laughs>
2: There was a story, there was, there was a story, there was, you know what, there was an accusation that he had sent, he had, had some merchandise or whatever and he had yeah, to deliver fat. on it and stuff. <laughs> the, well, and
1: then, but then the, the, uh, he put out a four song uh, the EP called Euphoria. I said, I'll give him a second chance, I'll buy it. And he's like, I forget what the deal was, but if you bought it early, you'd get like an autographed picture. So I buy it early, of course. I get the package in the mail, the CD's autographed. I got, like, six autographed pictures. The folder that came in was autographed. I mean, he had a lot of fucking time on his hands. <laughs> I'm sure they were all autographed to me. I'm sure uh, he didn't write you a letter. Oh, dear Earl, I'm yeah. sitting
2: here in Nashville looking out the window.
1: So, I mean, and now and, and then he put out something called Speedball Jam, which might be the most brilliant CD ever made because it's just 71 minutes of him doodling and if you try and fast forward to the next song uh-huh. it goes to the end like you have to listen to the whole album uh, oh wow he yeah.
2: forces you oh interesting so <laughs> <laughs> I man i wonder how many of these guys that from these really shitty bands like you've actually saved from like a foreclosure or you know like a missed car payment or something like that it's <laughs> like they're like oh man i only need 25 more dollars to make Where's the it? rent and then your order comes in We're
1: skakel <laughs> you know i said, you know set. i'm well, surprised
2: i'm surprised they don't just call you up and say like Hey Earl, listen. Um, we were thinking about doing this new album, and uh, if you can send us twenty-five dollars, we'll send it to you first. Oh, okay. You know, checks in the mail. You know, just.
1: Well, I wanted to do that uh, with Quiet Riot because they had a Kickstarter, uh, which is online panhandling. Yes, basically. I agree with you, hundred uh, percent. And it was, you know, the way Kickstarter works. It's like, well, for ten dollars you get an autographed Quiet Riot uh, script, and right. well, for a hundred dollars you get an autographed. Uh, you know, script and plus uh, a digital download of the movie. And then for $10,000, you could actually be in the documentary.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And one guy,
1: you know, you could see the amount of donations, you know, like five people donated a hundred. One guy donated $10,000. So the next hour, I started a Kickstarter to do a documentary on the guy who donated $10,000. Nice. I mean, it's like, that's crazy to me that you could just donate 10 grand and be a part of the documentary about a band. I mean, you should be, you should have something
2: to do with the fucking band. (laughs) They'll just work you into a lie. This is an old high school friend. Yeah, yeah, this is, you uh, you know, (laughs) uh, this is
1: Frankie Benelli's cousin.
2: I
0: hate, I hate. Hey, I have a question now. You have, you're also uh, famed for your hockey jersey collection.
1: Well, I'm selling them all now. You're no way. Them all? I don't wear them anymore. They just take up space. I mean, I sold like a couple of really nice, uh, basically a Dano Chara rookie jersey. You know, that name probably doesn't mean a lot to you guys, but he's the tallest player in the league, the hardest slap shot. He's about six nine. Oh, wow. Jeez. Like two hundred eighty pounds, but his rookie jersey for the Islanders was made. They didn't know how big he was, and there would never been a player this size in the league. Usually, most players were around mine and Chris's size, your size. Uh, His jersey was literally made from three different jerseys (laughs) because they just they (laughs) ran out of room, and like the sleeves were like you know from two different jerseys. And so I sold that uh, jersey for a nice profit, and that bought the podcast gear. Oh Ah. wow! Bought the mixer, the mics, the uh, excellent way to go, man. Yeah. I mean, you know, when you guys knew me when I first started, I wanted to stand out a little right. bit. Right.
0: Yeah, no, that was like the your 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 calling. Are there
1: are there certain ones that you will not part with? Uh, well, I mean, if I could keep one, uh, uh, I would keep uh, the the New York uh, or the Buffalo Sabers jersey. The uh, the first pro sporting event after nine eleven, was uh, the Rangers and Sabers played a game at Madison Square Garden. And, uh, long story short, you know, if you like hockey, you know, the Buffalo Sabres logo is, uh, like an angry Sabres head. Uh, and, uh, but for this game, they wore New York cross. Ah. Uh, the, the guy whose jersey I won, uh, got into a fight, Eric Bolton. So it's got blood. So it had blood on it. Nice. And the, and the best was, uh, um, for a month and a half, they auctioned them off for for to go to the firefighters and the-, pol- the policemen and right, the, right. anyone who died in the towers that day uh so they and they made no replicas of these jerseys. It was just twenty ranger jerseys, twenty sabres jerseys. they took them immediately after the game and just threw them in a pile until the auction was done unwashed oh wow unwashed so you had 40 hockey jerseys sitting unwashed oh. in probably the corner of the uh, probably the rangers locker room uh so the auction takes place so about two months later i get the jersey literally had been sitting in that pile for two months and i was so excited to wear it to a show that night uh, i wore it and christy miller i don't know if you guys knew her kind of looked like joan jett she moved to new york she's an awesome comic and really uh Good friend of mine, she know. hugs me and she's like, "Oh my god, you fucking stink!" And uh, it was the jersey; it it smelled pretty bad. Even Shelly was like, Yeah, Earl, you stink." <laughs> so I had to wash it like three times to get the bo out of it.
2: Speaking of stink, who are the five smelliest comics that you've been around?
1: Um,
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: tough. I mean, there's like so many guys with just bad bo. I don't want to say names. <laughs> <just> <laughs> I mean, the number one, by far and away, is a really good friend of mine. Um, he's a good dude, and he I know he listens to the show, and he probably knows who I'm talking about. I mean, you can't have, like... Although, you know, Lemmy has... Uh, N- not the greatest funk to him
2: I heard I, I heard about Yeah, you, you told me that That, that he's that has, has...
1: I mean you know I, I, I think his nasal passages are, Have basically been blown out From various uh, You know things and, uh, So he doesn't even smell anything He doesn't even I, I don't think he gives a shit And then uh, Yeah I took him To, to the dentist one day at About nine in the morning I said First of all I pick him up at like Eight thirty in the morning And then you guys know me I'm not a morning guy So mm-hmm. I pick him up I make a left on the sunset. He's like, hey, can we stop by Turner's Liquor? I mean, 9 in the morning, this guy. (laughs) And uh, he buys a couple beers. And he's like, do you want one? Uh, There's no uh, container. He just wants me to start. I said, "Lem, I don't drink, but thank you. And uh, So I take him to the dentist. And uh, pick, you know, he's a lot of work done uh, that day. I mean, the whole whole deal. Oh man! And uh, about five uh, p.m., I pick him up, and the whole office smelled like him.
2: It,
1: <laughs> it was like a bo fog.
2: We had that same thing when I think I think you I think you were that show with us too when we went to go see Motorhead at at Anaheim over there at the the at the House of Blues over there, and uh, we went downstairs. Because we were like kind of in the back and then around the area right. and stuff. And then we said, we want to go down to the actual floor and see what it's like over there. And uh, and as soon as we opened that door, it just smelled <laughs> like ass, man. It was just the worst smell. And uh, my brother was the one that told me about it. He, he opened it. And he goes, oh, man, you have to come smell it. This is the worst <laughs> thing you've ever smell in your life. And then I, oh, I said, Oh, I gotta smell it now. And then I go and I was like, Whoa. It's just like it was just the worst BO ass smell I've ever smelled. It just like overcome me, like just like that. And then I I told Shelly about it, and she goes, Oh, it's probably just limp.
1: Yeah. Well, that was it's funny. That the worst smelling show I've ever been to was at the Anaheim House of Blues uh-huh. with Shelly. I forced her to who was it? It was uh LA Guns, Stephen Piercy, and Wasp. And uh, we ate dinner at the House of Blues. I
0: forgot about them.
1: You know, L.A. Guns was on. I I wasn't like a big, you know, just like a couple of their songs. So I I was there to see Piercy, And uh, I opened that same door to go to the bottom floor. And a Bo hit me like mustard gas. (laughs) And then uh, Wasp came on, I don't know, singing something about Dirty Balls or whatever their hits were. So...
2: I miss them, man. I was really sad that they didn't. That you know they were supposed to go to that Rocklahoma, that first one that you and I went to. Was yes, they were supposed to be there, and then they pulled out like at the, at the very end and stuff. And I was I was looking forward to them being there. I, I would like to see them again.
1: Well, they probably couldn't uh, take the fucking mic stand that Blackie Lawless <laughs> uses. He's got like this crazy, like he did at the time. I guess it's like a thousand pound, literally a thousand pound. Mic stand where it almost looks like a motorcycle, and he and he gets on and he rocks back and forth, and he's you know the mic is in the middle, right. so oh, and man. most venues couldn't even fucking fit like at the House of Blues the stage collapsed, yeah, <laughs> it literally took up probably twenty five percent of the stage.
0: Open a brain.